Tis the season, boys. Tis the season. Today we're talking about the history of Christmas. Hey guys, welcome back to another cut load, cut, cut light and smoke podcast. Cut load and kaboom. Cut load and kaboom. Jesus. Cut light and smoke podcast. And yes, Jesus is the reason for the season, and that's why we're talking about Christmas today. Do you like that? Like that comeback? That was smooth. In? Like that? I also didn't realize I still had music playing in the background. <laughs> this is going to be a weird one already. It's already weird because we have Brandon Luna, one of our favorite ever not podcasts. That, not that Luna's weird. Luna's not. Well, Luna's got He's got his own weird so, so style of weird. He's, he's, he, it works for him. He is part Santa. I think he's creative. He's part Santa. He is so part I get, Santa. So yeah. I could see that. And you're, you, you, you're Latino or Hispanic somewhere, aren't you? Yeah, we were okay. just talking about that. Yeah, we're, we're like Mexican Santa. About Mexican Santa, dude. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Santa. Yeah, Mexican I get that Santa. all the time. That's awesome, bro. All the time. <laughs> Santa Lucha? Santa yeah. Lucha. Luchador Santa? Yeah, Luchador Santa. That would be awesome. <laughs> dude, there's another movie. So we're we're doing it right now. Luchador Santa. Luchador Santa. That is it, Jack Black, eat your freaking heart out. Probably get Jack Black to do it. Nacho! It'll be a Nacho Libre sequel. So not sure that they made me Santa. <laughs> well, we're excited. Yes. We're excited about today again. Cut light and smoke podcast is brought to you by zealcigars.com. Z-E-A-L-C-I-J-A-R-S.com. Go over there and check out some great cigar deals, particularly the best house brands that no one's ever heard of on the internet. And but you can hear of them first at zealcigars.com. And uh, I'm I'm, I'm very excited. Brandon Luna is uh, not only a uh, cigar rep for McAuliffe Cigars, which are great cigars. What are you smoking right now, JB? Uh, I'm smoking this little uh, Herencia that uh, he left when he visited while I was Ooh, in Hawaii. The, the little uh, Petite Corona, I believe, is the size. Correct. The um, Herencia. Yeah, the Maduro. Okay, okay. Yeah. Herencia means home, correct? Is that right? Home or house? Is that, am I wrong I on that? I believe that is correct. Okay. Oh, yeah. how ironic. You dropped it off while I was uh, finding my new home on the islands. I know. Right. <laughs> he doesn't stop I'm talking just about kidding. Hawaii, dude. He's, he's, he's like, been, I've been multiple times. I just, dude, I prefer a slower life, man. I know. I know. You talk about that a lot. We'll time. figure it out one day. I, I like the fast lane. I'm, I'm a fast lane li- liver and everything like that. But uh, w- with that said, guys, we're going to be talking about a topic today, which is really interesting because it is the season. You know, it's it's past December 6th, which actually signifies the the beginning of the Christmas season because it was the death of actually St. Nick. So St. Nicholas was actually uh, we'll get in that whole story and everything like that. But I- I'm really curious before we, we get into it. What are some of your favorite holiday? Let's say Christmas. Well, I'm, I'm going to say Christmas. OK, because we're talking about Christmas. What's some of your favorite Christmas memories as a kid that you remember in particular? Like, what's one a favorite gift or like a favorite memory that you guys did? Maybe as a family growing up that you can you can point back to and you can go, "This is my favorite memory," you know, as a kid. So if you got it off the top of your head, shoot. I got I got one real quick that that kind of came to mind real fast. When I got a little older, um, as you get older and you have a big family, I have a pretty big family, a lot of cousins. Um, the gifts get more interesting as you get older or they get less, like you get more gift cards and things like that, or you get more like dress shirts and ties and things like that (laughs) as you get older, which I love ties by the way. So I never was disappointed in that. Um, but my grandma got me this gift one time when I was like 16 or 17. And that's one of my favorite Christmas memories is we always spent Christmas Eve morning having brunch at my grandparents' house. That's cool. And, uh, my grandma got me this, this towel one year. And on one side of the towel, it was white with, with brown writing. And on the other side of the towel, it was brown with white writing. Okay. And I'm kind of looking at this towel. And then I finally, like, got it to where I could read it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then when I held it up for everybody else, everybody just died. 
one side said face and the other side said butt. So the side that was brown was for your butt and the side that was white was for your face. Yeah, My dude. grandma was like, I just want to make sure when you go to college, you're not wiping your face with your butt. <laughs> Thanks, grandma. That's a good grandma right there. That's funny, dude. That's awesome. That's a really good story. What about you, you still Luke? have that towel? Oh, yes, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, need to bring that, we need to bring that in for a video so everyone can see that towel. So. Done. Go That's to Best awesome. Cigar Reviews and you can definitely see that towel in the next video. Done. For sure. For That's sure, awesome. Sure. Yeah. Luna, what about you? Uh, so one of my favorites is uh, my dad was in sales all his life. Okay. Know? So yeah. he always got these cool, uh, he would win things and they would send him stuff. So it was always cool. And one time he got this this lamp that looked like a leg. I love lamp. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love lamp. <laughs> I love lamp. I no, love no, lamp. no. Uh, so I was a big Star Wars nerd. And, okay. um, you know, I, I grew up in a, a time in the 70s when, like, I guess this is probably because you're a kid, right? I, we were poor. I didn't know we were poor because uh-huh. I never wanted for anything. Sure. But when you go back and see your childhood home, you're like, oh, wow. Like, that's always like, man, it's a dump now. He's like, no, it was like that then. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Well, I didn't know. You know. So I wanted the the the, op- the magnum opus of toys at the time was the the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. You know, the big Millennium. The, the Lego? The off. No, it wasn't the Lego one. It was oh. the regular, like this old school. Yeah, dude, we're like, talking the like original Star Wars. Yeah, the back Millennium comes Falcon. off. You can yeah. put the toys in there okay. and stuff. You know? Okay. It was like, back then it was like, you know. Everybody thinks like toys were cheap back then. It was probably like a hundred dollars. Yeah, absolutely, you know? hundred bucks. Yeah, which yeah. would now would and be now five. And now they go for like five thousand dollars or whatever <laughs> the hell. Yeah. So I wanted it so bad, and I was like, I'm not gonna get this. I know I'm not gonna get it. My grandfather gave it to me, and it was just awesome. That was just mm. that. That oh, was that wow. year of like, this is the best gift. I think that, I think I got a bike the same year, and I was like, eh, a bike is eh, a bike. You know, it's <laughs> no big deal. But, but yeah, I really wanted that toy, and that was great. So that's nothing, not awesome. as cool as his thing. With the grandma, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah, you know. that was that's a really good. That's really dude, good. Grandma, ho- grandma hoed me so bad that yeah. day, bro. <laughs> it was so good. I loved it. <laughs> See, the only time I've heard someone say "grandma hoed me" is uh, literally Justin saying that. That's great. Um, so uh, my my family had a tradition. So my mom my mom comes and and you know uh, this is probably fresh in my memory because uh, my uncle just passed away this week. Like, yeah, on Monday. Yeah. So uh, my my mom comes from one of eight. She's she's one of eight kids, and so. And one of my other uncles, um, Uncle Bill, had a country club, you know, in, uh, in the Ohio. golf course, right? Yeah, golf yeah, yeah. Course, I've yeah. played that course, Bellwood Country Club, and uh, in Ohio, it's it's actually out in past Mainville near Morrow. Don't ask me how I got on a country club. I, I won't. Tell, I won't ask you. I, know, I played there many times, and uh, not because I wanted to, because I had to. Cause my, grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa forced me to do it. You were probably um, a ball washer there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful. Use, use you know the, what I mean. Use the towel too. Use the towel. Yeah. Um, so uh, there wasn't a section for balls. We, we, we had, <laughs> thank God it's a men's show. Uh, we had we so my my whole family get together and we had like fifty two people there. It was ginormous. It was a big family, lots of cousins and everything else like that. So we'd all get together and our all. It was just something we did every single year, you know. And uh, everybody everybody was there up until probably I was age about sixteen to eighteen somewhere around there. As people started moving away, kids started growing up and everything else like that, and. Uh, my my uncle Orville, who just passed away, uh, you could find him in a chair telling stories, and he would. I I I'm, I swear to you, dude, half these things are just made up. They have to be made. They can't be this crazy. He would talk about how he would kill a bear with a knife, and he says, "I got the knife right here." He pulled out. <laughs> he would have like a rust stain on. He's like, "That's actually bear blood right there." We'd just be like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so later on, we found out when we were sixteen. Uncle Orville's just crazy. You know, he just he just tell us stories and stuff like that, but. He's got a really cool, story. and so it was. It was really interesting because, you know, my my grandfather and my grandmother it all centered around them. Grandfather was the patriarch, grandmother was, was the matriarch, and uh, it, it was just it was just a really great time. We always had really good food, and 
uh, you know, it's, it's cool because my, my parents or my, my mom and her family grew up really poor and everyone turned, turned out to do very, very well for themselves, you know? Um, and so it was really, really good. My cousins, my cousins and I still to this day, uh, stay in contact with each other and so on and so forth. We text each other once in a while. And I just, I love that about our family. I really do. So Christmas to me is family food. I mean, gifts are fine and everything like that, but I mean, just right. seeing, seeing old family and telling you, you love them and everything like that is it's such a great thing, and seeing our old family and everything is to me one of the one of the most amazing things at Christmas time. It really is. So I'm getting to that age. I'm 48 now, so I'm getting to that age where my kids are moving on. You know, my my daughter is now in uh, Tennessee. You know, she comes back for uh, Christmas. So Savannah will be here uh, next week, actually. Mm. Yeah, so it'll be fun. We'll have her in on podcast and video and stuff like that. That'll be kind of fun. Um, so it's it's just it's just a really cool time of year for me and stuff like that but i, I want to go back to the history of, of christmas i want to go into the history of christmas a little bit because i don't know how many of you guys know the history of christmas and i don't know what you really know about saint nicholas you i know, know krampus you know Kramp, you know krampus i know krampus it's a great movie by the way krampus is a great movie it's a scary movie but it's a great it's fun movie. i love it yeah yeah so give, give me give me what you've heard of christmas i'm just, I'm just really curious not like i'm the authority i'm just telling you some things i've, I've studied in, in the past bible college and, uh, yeah i was gonna say i mean I'm, i mean the biggest thing is like the star of bethlehem like the birth yeah. of christ right like that's yeah. the biggest thing yeah. that i think people talk about right which right. which i was gonna ask a weird question about that sure do you think that based on no no, that's not going to work. Okay, answer okay. question. That's I, not going to work. Okay, okay. I answered it myself. There's a there's a very good documentary that was done <laughs> uh, not too long ago. I think it was done probably in 2005 called The Star of Bethlehem. It's just called The Star, actually. And it was a guy who's a lawyer. Um, and the, the whole story is really interesting because he put up a nativity scene in his in his, uh, in his Like uh, his yard. yard. Yeah, with the Star of Bethlehem. Like you see the big star in some nativity scenes. And uh, somebody asked him, you know, and he was, he was a believer, went to a church, and he said, what, what's that star mean? I hear about that all the time. And he didn't know. And so he went on this big journey, and the more he went into the star of Bethlehem, the more he started finding out about the Magi, mm. about uh, the kings, all these different things. Yeah, which, the Magi. Which are, which are kind of one and the same, if you would. Um, it's, it's really interesting what he found. What he started going into was astrology as well, and he started finding out different things about uh, the moon, the stars, and everything else like that. That's kind of where my question was at, was based around, was, was okay. astrology. So here's the cool thing about this. Uh, the Magi were probably astrologers, and they were, okay. they, were, they were probably literally kings and very wealthy people. They obviously were very wealthy. Or had um, people like Socrates right, or, or, right. or astrologers around them. Right. Okay. And, and if you if you think about, well, Socrates came way later. I know, so but I, yeah. example. Yeah, but so here, here's the crazy thing about this. Uh, these Magi were essentially astrologers, and they would follow different signs in the sky to find out what's going on. So when they saw this star that had never been there before, they they literally end up following it to where it to where it was over, and it, it obviously was over Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Uh, and there's more multiple documents outside Scripture that actually point to this about the Magi and who the Magi were during that time. And there were good Magi and bad Magi, Ma- bad Magi that were like bad juju and bad spirits and things like that. And there were good Magi that were like waiting for this king that would come that was foretold by the Hebrew scriptures. And they believed in this guy. And they were they, they believed in this Messiah, or, or what's said in Hebrew as Yeshua Mashiach, which is Jesus the Messiah. They, they knew that it was going to be... So Jesus' name doesn't translate in English the way that we think. If you look at if you look at Jesus' Hebrew name, which would be called Yeshua, not Joshua, yeah. not Yahshua, but Yeshua. So J's are wise in Hebrew. Mm. So it's really interesting to to see this. So the Magi, long long story short, you should you should watch the docu- documentary The Star. It's a very good documentary. The guy does tons of research, ends up quitting his lawyer job 
to do all this research because it made him a bunch of money as a lawyer, right? And uh, starts doing all this research. He finds out that there's only one time in history that the, that the stars, the sun, the moon, there's a, there's a star called the mother star or the, the, the virgin star, if you would. They all aligned with this, this, the, the planets. It only happened one time ever in the history of, of astrology, if you would. And it was on this certain date. And he gave the actual date. I can't remember if it was in April sometime. And, and most scholars believe this. Um, that Jesus' birth was actually in April sometime. And he had like... Yeah, so that, w- that was where my question was mm-hmm. based, was around astrology now with the, th- the thought that like things have moved over the years. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Was the date actually 100% accurate? Or No, December 25th is a different, a whole different date. And I'll talk about that history too. It's, it's really fascinating. But uh, it was probably sometime in April when Jesus was born. Does it would. say anything about him coming like in the spring? I'm, I'm trying to remember. Like, is there any any prophecies or anything like that spoken by the prophets that say anything about like what not, time of year he would come? Not necessarily that I can that I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's people that have like more degrees of theories and yeah, 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 yeah. that can speak to this and they'll probably correct me on, you know, on emails and everything like that. But right. I, I know that uh, it's very unique. Like there's no time in history. Everything aligned this way. And astrologers that are atheists and agnostics or whatever else will go back and they would say, yeah, we, we don't know of any other time that on April, this date, everything aligned this way. Okay. And that's why they believe that Jesus was born. And there was, there's this, I mean, as, as the documentary progresses, it get, I mean, it's a dramatic documentary. There's music involved in it. And stuff. It's pretty really, it's not a musical, but it's, there's really some cool stuff in there. And he talks about, there is no time in history that history was so aligned if you would. So that, that's why when people ask me, you know, was, was Jesus a real man? Was, did he really do that? And I said, it's, it's the most, he's the most undisputed piece of history that even atheists will go, yeah, there was a man named Jesus who was told to work miracles and everything else like that, that you can't dispute. Well, when, you know, when other religions can. even acknowledge of that course, he existed, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's a whole nother thing too. Well, you know? there, there's extra biblical evidence too. I mean, there's, there's other, there's other like the, the Maccabean wars. That's the time between the two Testaments and the old Testament and the new Testament There's 500 years between that. Okay. And there were some books written, but nothing like scriptural, if you would. And, and the old Testament Malachi ends with the promise of, of God speaking to his people again. And God doesn't talk for through prophets at all, anybody, anybody for 500 years. The next time he shows up, he shows up in person. You know, and so that's that's the whole, when Matthew picks it up and when everything else is like in the New Testament, it's really, really intriguing because... Yeah, and they come the, out of hiding. and The Jews were like, and there were lots of many, many like revolutions, if you would, because the Jews were actually, at the time, um, they were in, uh, uh, captured by Rome. Rome took over the world. And so they would subjugate all these cultures that they took over. And so they let them live under the Roman rule and what have you and practice their own religion. But the Jews were always hoping for this Messiah that was going to come. And when Jesus finally showed up on the on the, uh, the scene, they were looking for more of a political Messiah, not a spiritual one. And so Jesus shows up and they're like, Viva la revolution, let's go. <laughs> and even his disciples believe that the whole time. And you see, in fact, there's, there's multiple, multiple, multiple like, uh, evidence of this in scripture where even at right before his crucifixion, they're in the garden and Jesus takes the other apostles and he says, you guys stay here and takes Peter, uh, Peter, James, and John, I believe the three people that are around Jesus the most. He takes him and says, I want you to stay here. And I want you to pray with me. 
and he goes off. It's the temptation of Christ. You've seen that in the garden. You've probably seen that if you ever saw. Uh, was Judah one of the Was Judah one of the ones yeah. that he took up there too? No, Judah split split off to go make the deal. That's with when the he Pharisees. went and did the deal. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. he did the deal. He so did. that's when he told him, "I'm going to be I set up." I don't want your blood money. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he did give and, it back. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so what's what's fascinating about this is Jesus goes off and prays. He comes back, and and all his disciples are asleep. He's like, you could. Oh, yeah, that twice, two yeah, or three yeah. times, right? Yeah, he's like, why couldn't you just stay up and pray with me for a little bit, bro? Come on, why don't you? Right. I mean, I'm they were ready. partying hard on all the wine yeah. he made from water. Hundred percent, probably. So these guys that uh, are just fishermen, plain fishermen. Some guys, some really educated guys. Some guys not so educated. Uh, it was it was really interesting because they come back and then the guards and the Pharisees come for Jesus to crucify him, and Peter's like, "Viva la revolution!" Pulls out his sword, cuts off one of the guards' ears. Okay, and Peter, and Jesus says this statement that just puts the dudes in place. And he's like, do you not think at one moment I could just call the angels, have them all down here, and they could take care of this in a heartbeat? That's not why I've come. And he takes the ear of the guard, and he puts it back on him in front of everybody. The Pharisees and all the guys that are coming here to arrest him know this, and Jesus knows that this is his time. And so he says, this is what I've come for. Do what you have to do. And that's when Judas comes up and kisses him. Yeah, you know, and kisses him. Kisses him on the I'll cheek. I'll kiss the one. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And says the one that kisses the one that I, that, that is Jesus. And he he kisses him, and they come to arrest him. And he says, "Do what you." Have. And, and then when Jesus, when when Judas comes and kisses Jesus, Jesus is a baller, dude. But you don't you don't understand Jesus in this way. It's just he's he is the high king of heaven. He's this incredible being. So I mean, it's it's incredible. So literally, Judas kisses him, and he grabs Judas, and he says. Do what you have to do. Imagine you're coming to betray the God of the universe and the God of the universe grabs you and says, do what you have to do. And from that point on, if you saw the passion of the Christ, did you ever mm -hmm. see that? Yep. You see him always w wiping his lips, just trying to get that, that feeling of betrayal off his lips and what he did to Jesus. And then finally you see him hang himself. And in the Bible, it's mm -hmm. much more gruesome. In the Bible, actually, <clears throat> he, he hangs himself as his, his guts spill out over the field and no one buys that plot of land. Mm. Because it was the betrayer's plot, mm, right. you know. So it was. It's, it's really interesting. So th that that's the star of Bethlehem. You know, you can look at that and, and see all the the history behind that. But Christmas is really interesting. So it's it's got a very interesting like history. But Saint Nick plays into that because uh, early church, you, you have different things. You know, as as early as two hundred uh, A.D. You know, which is after Christ um, or after death is what it means. Uh, as as early as two hundred A.D., you actually have people starting to celebrate. You know the birth of Christ and everything as as early as that. Uh, there's lots of different um, traditions and everything like that. But most of what we have today is Irish in our traditions. I don't know if you know Irish and yeah. German, Irish and Germanic, hmm. actually Irish and German. Like for example, um, the Christmas tree, hmm. the Christmas tree. So I know a lot, a lot of people will go back to something called Saturnalia, which is a pagan holiday that the Christians just plundered, and they were like, well, if all the pagans are going to be off, let's just say that's the birth of Christ, and let's let's have that day too. Let's just let's just let's just redeem that day for us, and that's essentially ultimately what happened. But how you get the Christmas tree and everything else like that is really fascinating because that's through church history, and a lot of these traditions that we have are pagan traditions, are like things that we we're like, well, the pagans are doing this, but you know we're going to celebrate the, the the birth of Christ, and we'll take these things and do this. The most interesting one is Saint Nick, but I'll, I'll get to that. The Christmas tree is all as well as there's a there's an old legend that when Jesus was born, around the world that the pine trees 
at that time that could make it through the winter because pine trees can make it through winter. Right, okay? right. The pine trees that could make it through winter and didn't lose their bristles, that they all shook off the ice and shook off the snow and, and came became a glorious glowing pine tree. All of them did. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the legends of when hmm. Christ was born that happened. Now, is that substantiated by any evidence that we have in history? I don't know. Well, probably, especially probably if, it, if he was technically born in April, like where... Right. Who, whose pine trees had ice? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, not only that, but like they were all melting, probably at right. that point, right? So there's 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 that legend. That's where you get the the pine around the house and okay. the wreaths and everything else. Like there's a whole different thing with wreaths. Um, and my name is not spelled W R E A T H. It's R E I T H. So, but you know, my buddy, my buddy's called me. You know, I had a special Christmas name. You know, with wreath, if you would. So right. Uh, and we have a wreath on our door, and everyone has a wreath on the door. With Merry Christmas and everything. Um, but so that that's interesting. But what if? Let me ask you this real quick. I, I got to know this from you guys. What have you heard about Santa Claus and St. Nicholas in general? What are some stories that you've heard in the past? Because this is really, I'm going to tell you facts that I know, not stories, but what have you heard? I just know the Coca-Cola version, man. I didn't, <laughs> honestly, I, I didn't grow up with the the knowledge of who Santa was and where he came from and St. Yeah. Nick and stuff. I just know what I see on TV and what they push towards us in the media. That's I, I don't know the real story at all. So if you're a good girl and boy, you get, you get presents. Right. You better watch out. You better, you better not, not cry. cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I know people, Tim Allen. Tim, yeah, the Santa Claus. Yeah, the Santa Claus. I'm trying to watch that new series. There's a new series. Yeah, on there's it? a new series on Disney Plus. They brought them all back. Did they really? Yeah, he's like kind of getting old. Not to spoil anything, but he's like, you know, it, it's legit. Like the magic in the world is going away. People aren't believing anymore. Oh, right? sure. And uh, elf thing with elf. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so it's uh, it's it's getting it's interesting. I'm 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 having trouble getting into it because it is more kid geared. So sure, it's a little sure. harder for me to get into it right now. But it's. It's interesting, man, to to think about uh, a lot of that lore has kind of gone away. I feel even even for younger kids. Well, it, it's let me, let me ask you a question. Mm. Do you remember the first time you you were you told about Santa Claus growing up? Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when uh, you somebody found out? probably called him and I probably talked to him on the phone? You know who the heck? Right. I don't know who I talked to, but it was some dude. Do you remember when you found out he wasn't real? Yes. Yeah. But yes. tell me about that story. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily like it wasn't like an earth shattering thing i think i just remember coming to a realization that you know i was smart enough to realize my parents were the ones wrapping the presents okay (laughs) you kind of found out what about you do you remember yeah i would it's again christmas family yeah i'm surrounded by nieces and nephews who were older than me and stuff oh no they were just making fun of me because I still believed in Santa Claus, and then I got the the harsh reality truth of it. I feel it like then. that's how most people get it. Yeah, for it was them, just man. it was family being jerks, basically, and saying, "Yeah, there's some place in your house where all those presents are sitting right now. They're already wrapped up and everything. And when those parents go outside to go drink those beers, we're gonna find it." So we searched the whole house, found all the presents, and my <laughs> my heart just dropped <laughs> into my stomach. I'm like, "Man, there's no magic in the world." It's just, you know, it really kind of just takes the wind out of your sails, you know? So I remember when I found my presents that I asked Santa for. It's probably eight or nine. And my mom came to me and she lied to me. So those are for your cousins to the Christmas party. I'm like, okay, I know what Casey wants for Christmas. He doesn't want that. That's exactly what I asked for for Christmas. Remember He-Man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. So I asked for He-Man for for Christmas and and I got it. And I was like, Casey didn't like He-Man. More of a Star Wars guy. Right. I liked He-Man a lot. And I found a He-Man action figure, and I'm like, this is really interesting. You got this for Casey? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And then that, that I think the day after, Mom and Dad said, yeah, we're, we're basically Santa. And I'm yep. like, oh, and I was I was devastated. I'm yep. like, what in the world just happened? I can't believe this. I can't believe this is true. 
And then, you know, yeah. there's no great pumpkin. Yeah. There's no, I mean, it's just. <laughs> there is a great pumpkin. Let's just be facts on that. Okay, facts on that. <laughs> but what, so it, it's fascinating. The, sto- the story of St. Nicholas is really interesting. St. Nicholas was uh, born a, a very, very long time ago, not not too long after Christ, uh, 300, somewhere around there, two, two, some 250 maybe. Um, and he was born to a, uh, a poor family who actually got an inheritance. And so his inheritance was just ginormous. And he was very generous with his inheritance. So his, his mom and dad ended up um, passing away, and he has this big inheritance. And he was very generous. In fact, there's a very interesting story about how there were three girls being sold into prostitutes, uh, prostitution, um, in danger of being sold into prostitution uh, by their father because there was no, no work or nothing to be had. And so he gave the father a dowry. And you know what a dowry is? It's like a payment to take one of the what to take somebody yeah, as a so wife, yeah, right? Like, hey, yeah. here's my favorite goat yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Back, <laughs> back in my well, back in the day, that's what they did. I know. Back, back here's the, my fattest pig. Back, yeah, back, back, right. Yeah. Back in the day, if you were to court somebody's daughter, uh, the the father would essentially help you guys get started with a dowry, mm. if you would. So, uh, the, and it was it was multiple sums of money, maybe a year's salary, if you would. Right. Uh, for the man to get everybody start, started uh, started out right. And so if you didn't have that, somebody often wouldn't court your, your daughter, essentially. Right. So and one of the biggest things for a father is to make sure his daughter ends up with the right guy and he can protect him and provide for her and everything like that. And so in the midst of this, see, we live in American culture. It's very different from what it was back oh, then. Oh, yes. Right. I mean, we're, we're talking dramatically different. So all of a sudden, the, the dowry was available and these girls weren't turned, into, uh, weren't turned into prostitutes or anything like that. So, so the, the crazy thing is, so St. Nicholas is known as this really, really great guy uh, by the whole culture, adored by the culture, if you would. Uh, this is modern-day Turkey is where he was during that okay. time. Okay. I don't think I knew that. In a city called Myra, I believe it was okay. called Myra. Uh, so in ancient times. And uh, he's most known uh, in Christianity and Christendom for being at the, I can't remember what council it was. Maybe it was Nicaea, the Trent, or uh, I can't remember which one it was, but... It's where they did the Nicene Creed, like where I believe in God the Father and everything like that. I could be completely off on this. I'm not somebody who's probably historical, historical, you know, nut job will be able to tell me exact dates on this. But he stood up, and and <laughs> what it, what ended up happening was um, at this council there were some heretics that came into the church in the church bodies that were actually pastors, and they were debating on the Holy Trinity, like was the Holy Trinity what what God meant or is it something different? And Saint Nicholas, it was told to stand up during this council, slam his fist on the ground and said, there'll be no more talk about this trinity here. He he obviously, God is three in one. We know that from the scriptures. And he was a Get big his, guy from my understanding. Yes. So somebody like his stature standing up and slamming his hand down would 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 would, yeah. would shake people. I mean, le- legendary NFL lineman type guy. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, we, we don't have the, Right, we're speculating. We, yeah, we have artwork of him, but we don't have like, Pictures, obviously. Santa, like the refrigerator claw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Could you it's, imagine the refrigerator uh, banging a table? I know, dude. I know. So it's it's really interesting. So so it's it's interesting how we got to this guy who was so generous. To you better watch out. You better not cry because I actually preached a sermon a long time ago. If any of my old former church actually listens to this, they'll they'll find it very familiar. Um, I did a whole sermon series on uh, you better watch out. That was the whole thing. You better watch out. Because I think it, it does such a disservice to uh, people on telling them about God that it's this idea that if we're good, well, then God accepts us. And God doesn't accept people based on their merit. Mm. He, he accepts people based on what Jesus did. So it's ba- based pl- placed upon your faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross, not based on what you can do. So like the, all, the idea of like you better watch out, you better not cry, people look at Santa like a God. They obviously do. You know, if, I, if I'm good, then I, then I get good stuff. 
If I'm bad, then I get bad stuff. And that does, that's not how God plays the rules. It's not if, you get, if you're good, you get good stuff. If you're bad, you get bad stuff from God. We're all bad, and he gives us good Jesus to die for us on the cross. So by placing our faith in him, we, we understand who this good God is. So that's, that's the real crux of, of Christmas. And there has been nothing in all of history. This is, this is the thing that I just I can't believe. And I'm not trying to push an agenda or anything like that on you. I'm just telling you historical facts. You cannot find another human being in all of historical data that we have on record that split time in half that more songs were sung to, more, more poetry written about, more books written about, more art dedicated to than the person of Jesus Christ. So that's what makes his birth so dramatic and everything else with that. Now, was it glorious? And how does, I mean, think about this, how God flips the, flips the script on this is like, you don't expect a king to come like in a manger. Explain what a manger is. A manger is a feeding trough for pigs. Right. Just to understand that. So a feeding trough for pigs is where the king of the world came and was laid in a, in a manger. So like you see this, the, the thing I love about Christianity, people think it's, it's for this, you know, these, these white rich people. No, it's for blue collar everybody. I mean, Jesus was more blue collar than anybody. Well, I, mean, I, I think in, in Mark or, or Matthew specifically, it states that no rich man We'll get into the kingdom of heaven or right, something like right, that, right? right so right. talking about, you know, uh, caring more about your values than your fellow man and I the things that, that you achieve. And when you say rich, we're, we're talking about there's a, there's a sense of, like, pride in that where you're yes. like, the, the wealth doesn't just have to do with the money. So he's not talking, and he does talk about this later on where he says, it's harder for an, a camel to go through an eye of a needle than yeah. for a rich man to go get the kingdom of heaven. That is in, same, same, almost the same right, right, right. couple passages, yeah. And it's, it's <clears> fascinating <throat> because uh, when you think about that, you think about oh, does God didn't want us all to be poor? That's not the point because as Americans, we're all wants more you to wealthy. be generous with what you have, right? It's we're way more wealthy than, we, than any other time in history of anybody. We which really are. I mean, if you make if you make over fifty thousand dollars, you're making more than almost anybody in history ever made. Mm. I'm, I'm talking general population. I'm not talking like kings. As far as the average, right, right. As far as the average, so you just you really, really are. So there's a lot of people making that, you know, at this yeah. point, or joint incomes for sure. The joint income I think of America right now is at fifty four thousand. Yeah, you know, if you the raise. joint income yeah. is at fifty four. Yeah, joint. That's mm-hmm. low, yeah, yeah. bro. It is. It is. You know, the the average. Now maybe it's even more than that now. Uh, but the but but for example, my 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 son and my daughter all do very well. Uh, my son and my daughter in law. My my daughter and my son in law. Dang, Maybe. Ethan! Ethan done replaced Savannah. Sorry, Savannah. He done, Ethan but, done slid in. But when you when you think about that, and you think about this time in Christmas, one of the reasons that we give presents is that all started from in honor of the Magi that brought presents to Jesus. Okay, and the presents they gave him were very wealthy, very like frankincense and myrrh. You guys don't understand like how expensive that that stuff was at the time. We're talking about the highest. Uh, what's Tom Ford uh, tobacco? Tom Ford, Tom Ford uh, tobacco scented cologne is one of the most highly recognized and, and costly colognes there are right now. So if you think about the cologne that they would give, it'd be like giving somebody Creed Executive or giving somebody, you know, Tom Ford vanilla or Tom Ford, Tom Ford tobacco. If you would, it was the, the most beautiful scents in the world that people spent years extracting these oils for to give this to Jesus in. So frankincense and myrrh and some other gifts that they gave him. We don't know all those things. We just know the frankincense and myrrh. And so, they obviously stopped yeah. at Macy's before they got there. A hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, so it's it's that's why we give presents and everything else like that. Not sure where the candy king thing came from. I know there's a legend behind it and everything like that. Uh, we, we don't know where the, the, the elves behind Santa came from. You know, that's kind of a, 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 a you know, it's got to be some something with the Irish in there, you know. 
right. in there. So it's it's but the 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 most popular Christmas hymn, by the way, that was written by um, an Irish uh, pastor, I believe. Uh, is not something that we sing a whole lot during Christmas. There like, once was a man from Nantucket. Yes. <laughs> well, we know, we know, you know, have a holly jolly Christmas, you know, um, uh, away in a manger, you know, yeah. things like that. Right, for that, right. there's an old Christian hymn called High King of Heaven. Okay. It's called High King of Heaven, My Victory Won. You know, I'll get, I'll get joking thinking about it. There's so many memories of myself wrapped around this, uh, this hymn. There are, that was written, that was one of the very first hymns that the church and that people in the church would always sing at Christmas. And I, and I didn't know that that was connected until like this morning. Oh, like wow. I was researching this this morning and my church had sang that, you know, in fact, my, my worship pastor, Tim just came in with, with uh, pastor Jared. And, uh, that's, that's an old Christmas hymn. If you would, I don't know if you know how hymns are written. I don't know if you guys know how this, this, this is, this is, this is important that everyone knows this because everyone thinks that today in our day and age, when you think of Christianity, it's, it's an old white people's religion and, and everything's like that. It's really interesting. Hymns were written um, in old in bars at the time, and so what what guys would do is they would they would sing old bar songs, if you would. And if you ever look at every hymn, they have a certain cadence to them, right? A dun, 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 almost like oh, a, idy, 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 making money. Lyle's making cash. Very, very. I was making money while sitting on my ash. What, what, that's what a that's a who's line uh that's a who's line hoedown. Oh, that's what that they right? called it. They would do a hoedown. They'd be like, idea idea. They'd all do like a drinking song at the end of the I show. That. Yeah, I yeah, dude. That. The uh, so the how how they wrote these things. It's very dramatic and it's very Irish in this. So if you imagine guys with their big with their big pint glasses, you know they would sing. And when everybody's got a little alcohol on, they're, they're more apt to do karaoke. Right. That's why karaoke exists in bars. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You're like, I can do Top Gun's uh, Danger Zone right now. You know. <laughs> so, anyways, these these guys and there's a certain cadence, and all of them had this certain cadence in these bar songs. Well, all the Christians, all these guys, they would go. It was very popular when you were done with church and women would go home and make the meal and the men would go to the pub and they'd discuss the sermon and discuss certain things like that over a pint. And so everybody would have a pint. It was very taboo to have, have like too much alcohol or anything like that. So you'd have one pint, maybe two, and they'd all, they sing songs. And after two pints, they'd start singing more songs and everything else like that. And it's very, very popular. And men would sing a lot about this. So many pastors would go there with their parishioners and they'd have a pint and so on and so forth. And they would talk and everything else like that. And what you think about the sermon, all this kind of stuff. And it was just like this it break into song. And they, la, 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 la. well, the first Christian songs, the first Christian hymns that they started doing, they would copy these bar songs and use the same cadence right. as the bar songs. So, like Martin Luther's one of the most amazing guys that, that copied all this. So, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to see how the old Christian hymns did this. And so, when people hear modern day Christian music, if you would, and we're always 10 years behind everybody else. You know, they're, they're hearing, you know, essentially early 2000s music now. You know, like we're, Imagine Dragons came out in like 2001 or two, you know, and we're like, uh, we're like, we're just getting an Imagine Dragons right now with worship music. It's pretty kind of cool. You should listen to it, you know. Right. So, um, but it's, it's really interesting because the, the church was always tried to reach out to the culture by connecting, you know, to their culture, through their culture, you know, if you would. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Saying like, hey, this is, you don't want to just have hymns all the time and so the modern day hymns that are written today you know christian worship music and what have you um it it, it should mimic you know the, the stuff that we hear today you know not not in the sense of of content but in the sense of like 
musical structure and things like this. And I know those guys that will make a big stink out of it that are, you know, traditionalists and say, no, hymns were different. I'm saying, no, they were not, you know, yeah. in that regard. So in, in the way that a pastor now, they have the new wave pastors that dress in like jeans and a t-shirt and <laughs> talk about, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, it, yeah, I get, I'm, I'm so, I, yeah, jeans and a t-shirt thing. I, I get that. I, 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 I rode that way for a minute. Um, yeah. I, I, I get that. I, I, Ed Hardy shirts on. Did Ed, yeah, yeah. Talking Ed, about Jesus. Well, it, it, it was like there was a big wave back in the day where they had the, uh, you know, all the, all they wore the the cool looking shirts with the cool designs on them and everything else like that. Everything looked like afflicted, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember the afflicted in the, in the uh, tap out shirts and everything else like that. Yep. You know, in the early two thousands. Like, and, hey, look, it's Fred Durst. Oh no, that's our pastor. <laughs> It's so funny, dude. Some dude came dude. in the shop yesterday for the first time, and he mm-hmm. was like, "Dude, everybody says I look like Steve Aoki. Dude, yeah. look like Steve Aoki." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a it, but that's but more. I mean, you gotta keep in mind anybody who's is goes to church is from our culture. You know, they're, right. they're, they're, they're just wearing what they wear, you know, and so on and so forth. So I have no, I have no problem with someone, you know. Wears, I'm just saying that's a way to reach out to a different absolutely. audience, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not as stuffy. It's different. It's correct. Yeah, more correct. relatable. Yeah, yeah. More yeah. relatable. It yeah. is. So you get somebody. Up there it's like with, what we do in the cigar industry. Kind of, yeah. kind of, you know, I'm not wearing fancy, you know, stuff. I'm wearing stuff by One Bone, OneBone.com. Send for your clothing. Go get your clothing. We're both wearing One, one Bone, aren't you? You're wearing a One Bone. Yeah, I threw the One Bone hoodie on because yeah. you decided to turn a swamp cooler on in the wintertime. Ah, I just want to get the smoke out of here. Oh, no, it's nice in here, man. It is nice great. in here. Yeah, it's a little, little cool. A little us, big, us big guys are okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Skinny minis. Guys over 200. I moved to the <laughs> desert to get away from it being freaking cold, man. Not not to move out here for it to be 41 degrees outside. I'm, I'm staying at a resort and they have like a little right next to my room. There's a fire pit with chairs. I'm like, I'm going to go out there and have a cigar. Yeah. I made it. 20 minutes in the cigar. I'm like, it's freaking cold out here. What's <laughs> going on with this? It's a different kind of cold in Phoenix. We were talking about it last night. There's bone no chilling, man. Yeah. No humidity. So yeah. it's just like, well, and the uh, clouds don't keep it in either. Right. Yeah. So if you get, if you come to Phoenix in the winter and it's 60 degrees, it feels like it's 40. It's right. cold. It's really cold. Yeah, it really is. And this morning, I mean, right now it's 62 degrees. I won't ride my bike typically in this kind of weather because it's so cold. And I got a 10 minute commute. You got a two minute commute. So don't, don't hate me on that one. Um, I'd it, ride it if I had an hour commute. No, no way, dude. It's too cold. It really is. Dude, uh, flannel line jeans, big coat, bro. See you later. I, I don't have any flannel line jeans. I have to wear leggings. You know, so. <laughs> or what Justin calls nylons. He calls them my nylons. That's right. His pantyhose. That's right. Bradley Reese is a uh, cross dresser. That's what he did. That's what he did. So. <laughs> but that, I think that's it. But that's that's a rough a rough estimate. That's the history of Christmas. But I don't. There's other traditions that we like the mistletoe. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was going to ask you about the mistletoe. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking about that. You know, as well because it's a great thing to bring to parties with you know a bunch of you know girls who are pretty and okay. Like, hey, by the way, here's a mistletoe and right. find out how you know ugly you really are. The uh, I, 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 I don't know where that comes from. I don't, there's a lot of different. Traditions we have. I mean, when yeah. did when did mistletoe become a thing? Was that like mm. in the 70s or was it before that? <laughs> it seems like it would be in the 70s, huh? Like it'd be like, hey, <laughs> we got this useless piece of plant. What do we do with this? I don't know. We put it in front of thing. People can kiss. We call it mistletoe. It'll be I, Christmas related. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I, think, I, I think it. It sounds very hippie-ish. It could be there. You know, it's all love, dude. It's all love. Just yeah. Getting you know, get a mistletoe thing, buddy. Uh, so I don't know where mistletoe came from. I don't know where you know necessarily wreaths came from or anything like that. I didn't do all that research, but the history of Christmas. I that that's rough, that's a rough estimate. Rough estimate of the history of Christmas, but mistletoe and all these different things, all these different traditions that we have. I mean, Christmas caroling. Right. That That's something that, that was very, I think it's very American, if you would. It's funny because the first time it, it start like Christmas started being celebrated in America uh, was on December 6th, they would kick off the Christmas season. Okay. And it, it came from Dutch immigrants. A lot of Dutch immigrants would, would start doing, they would celebrate the, so the death of Santa Claus was, 
uh, December 6th, uh, St. Nicholas, if you would. Um, and so that's what we, that would kick off the Christmas season for everybody. And uh, they would start singing and they would start doing things that were very Christmassy. And right. it just started catching on in popular culture and popular culture and popular culture. And uh, it wasn't nearly as commercialized as it is today and everything else like that. I was going to say, now that starts the day after Halloween. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a, so let me ask you this. I mean, like, how does the commercialization of a season like this affect you guys? I'm just really curious on that. Like, what's, what's your, because you, we, Luna, you and I are the old heads here. I mean, we're, right. we're both over 40. I mean, I'm 48, you're 40. I'm 52. You're 52. Okay, so you're, you're older, older head than I am. Yep. So your your beard still has some pepper in it, though, so I'm getting... Right, right. Start dying in my beard eventually. Um, the here's here's my question. So, you grew up. I I remember when Christmas wasn't as commercialized. Yeah, hundred percent. As is what what is what have you seen that? How have you seen that change culture? How have you seen that affect culture? What's your thoughts on that? I I think the catalyst is Star Wars, and this is weird to say that, but like, <laughs> no. Okay, but I mean, okay, before okay. 1977, mm. like my Christmas presents were like, hey, you got a bike. Hey, we're gonna get you some new clothes. It was mm-hmm. very, you know, it wasn't like commercial per se mm-hmm. it was it was your parents actually listened to you and asked you what you wanted and then they got you a couple things that you wanted and that was mm-hmm. it once star wars happened and toys like the whole star wars toy thing kicked in and toys became very very popular you saw a lot more people marketing to kids yeah television was bigger cable started around that time yeah you know you had more channels on your tv well, that's true so yeah. i think the commercialization happened post star wars when people realized we can make a lot of money doing all this stuff and then you had transformers and everything else and i think that the toy industry is really kind of what pushed the commercialization of Christmas, and that probably happened late sixties, early seventies, really. Mm. Okay, okay. So I think that's that's where it changed, and it became less about the reason for the season and more about hey, let's go spend a bunch of money and get the economy going. It's a great mm. a great idea for a mini series mm. on the commercialization of Christmas. Right. How yeah. it went from how it went from a holiday to a commercial. Hundred yeah, percent. That's, yeah. that's a really good idea for a, you sell that to Amazon Prime. To go back a couple of steps, just because I wanted to talk about the whole mage thing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that Mel Gibson's doing a sequel to Passion of the Christ? No. So he's I doing didn't. a sequel, and he's gonna. He talked a little bit about it. Is on, it the Resurrection of the Christ? It's, resu- it's <laughs> oh, Resurrection. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And it talks about everything <laughs> okay. that happened, and he says we're going to go into modern times and how it's affected everything, and you know. Oh. So it's okay. going to be kind of cool. Yeah. But I think there's probably a threequel in there with going back and doing the mage story about the good mage versus the bad oh, mage yeah. and the birth of Christ. I yeah. think that's a hell of a story that hasn't oh, yeah. really been. It's been told sort of, you know, some there's some movies in the nativity and whatnot. But there is. And it's it's a really it's really interesting. Um, yeah. Judeo-Christian values in our country are, are still alive and well, not nearly as prominent as they were. But uh, like, you know, Moses and the Ten Commandments that, you know, Charlton Heston, that, that'll be up. This this week, you know, right? Uh, everything will come out. All the all the you know the Charlie Rounds Christmas and everything like that. It just I think with commercialization of Christmas, it just shocks me that even now they have to put disclaimers in front of Charlie Brown's Christmas. Right. You know, where where Linus goes, well, I'll tell you what Christmas is about, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. Right. Lights, please. You know, <laughs> I cry every time. Of course. Every time course. that scene is on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's one of those it's one of those those moments where you're like, it's it's the moment that we recognize like no. No time in history has has God been so gracious to our world than to come down in human form and to relate to us in a way that is so dramatic. And so when you when you share that, it brings up all the ambiance of, of family. It brings up all the ambiance of you know loving your enemies, things like that. The people that have wronged you that for for one night. I mean, you have the you have the history in World War II where 
the soldiers put down their guns and played soccer, right? You know, and exchanged like little gifts together. The the World War II American soldiers and German soldiers were just for one day. It's peace on earth, goodwill towards men, right? You know, it, it's a beautiful history and scene, and to to be commercialized in that way now to be you know it's it's not goodwill towards men. It's how many TikToks can you get out on Christmas, right? You know how many how many fun dances can you do and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's it's kind of a what an interesting thing. I think the thing that sucks about it too for the commercialization of it is like for me, like getting presents and stuff at Christmas was always really cool. And I'm I'm sure as a kid that was probably more of it for you, right? Because sure, sure. that's all you really think about. Um, but as I got older, it was it was the fact that like I got to spend time with my family. Yes, my whole family at the same time every yes. year, no matter what was going on. The only person that sometimes wasn't there was if my dad was working. Mm-hmm. My dad would work a lot of Christmases. Mm-hmm. Um. But a lot of times he would be able to come to brunch for a couple hours before he went to work, you know. So um, that was one of the only times where my whole fa- Thanksgiving and Christmas, my whole family was there, guaranteed. And there were probably people that weren't technically family that were also there, mm. you know. So we could also um, we could also talk about the commercialization of commercialization commercialization. There's a word I can yeah, yeah, yeah. say words <laughs> of another holiday that's religious based, and that's Easter. Easter, yeah. Uh, where the heck did the Easter Bunny come yeah. from? Why does Why does Easter have the Easter Bunny, which is the one of the two great lies you get as a child, right, right, and the other one Santa Claus? But right. there's you know I guess we have Jack Skellington now for help, but but there's no like there's no turkey story. There's <laughs> no turkey that comes fairy, and yeah. brings you a turkey to you know, drop your gobbler my, off. My uncle, you know, it's it's a weird. I mean, it is a weird thing. I don't know where the Easter Bunny came from, and. There, so, there's so, n- there's no there's no magical Tadurkin dude that just drops <laughs> off your Tadurkin every year, right, bro. Yeah. <laughs> gobble gobble well, up. Well, what's 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 fascinating is uh, we caught we caught a lot of flack in our family for this. I'm curious what you guys think about this, and I wonder what our listeners think about this. So when, when my wife and I first got married, you know, we had five years before we had kids, and we just traveled around the you know the, the states and saw everything and did everything. It was so much fun. We're getting back to that point because our kids are moving on, and I'm excited to travel again and do other stuff. Um, especially with the new knee, that's gonna be fun. The uh, we decided not to tell our kids about Santa Claus and tell them the truth from day one. Oh yeah, day one, dude. Never, never once told them about Santa Claus. We said we literally told them that many, many kids believe this, and we told them who Saint Nicholas was. We told them the story of Saint Nicholas and the accuracy of who he was and everything else like that. And we said we give we give presents now in honor of Jesus and the Magi bringing presents to Jesus. But other kids believe this, and we're not gonna ruin that for anybody. So we're gonna keep it our little family secret. We never did. Uh, until my son was like eight and then told his cousins. Uh, so, so he was the guy that <laughs> he was. He was the dirty rascal. Yeah, he was the right. one that. Yeah, he was the one. Oh, dirty know. rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you kill my brother. And my my sister in law was not happy with me. Uh, yeah, at all. It's um, I don't I don't see a problem with what you did. Yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's it builds a level of trust with your kids that probably most right. people don't have because you got to know when you're a kid and your family oh. you find out your parents lied about Santa Claus. And yeah, lied about you're like man, like, forget them fools, that's bro. Kind of weird. In, like in, why? In our day of in our day of revisionist history. Uh, you can definitely see what you lie to your kid. We, we thought about this. We thought it through. We're like, you lie to your kids about Santa Claus, let them about the Easter bunny, let great pumpkin, whatever else like that. Um, you don't tell them they're fun stories to celebrate, you know, and they come from historical facts and th- certain things like that. When you start telling them about Jesus, how are they going to believe you about that? You know, like that, you could tell them the same thing. Like you, you, like there's historical facts, everything like that. So I think that's one of the things we want to, we want to protect our kids from and say like, you know, we didn't take anything away. My, my parents were just not happy about that. My parent, mom and dad, we're like they have a big, huge sign over our fireplaces. We believe in Santa Claus, you know. And, <laughs> and my kids would walk in and try not to screw screw it up for their cousins and and what have you um, until they're older. But I, I think that that's 
it's really crazy because my wife used to be a teacher. Yeah. And there was a young girl in seventh grade, okay, who still believed in Santa Claus. Oh, wow. In seventh grade. And she heard a, I guess, a, a story from somebody in seventh grade in my wife's class talking about how there, how he found out there wasn't a Santa. And this girl went home devastated. Mm-hmm. And my wife says to this day, it's one of the, one of the hardest conversations you ever had with a parent. Yeah. You know, that you, you keep that. That, that dream going for that long and all of a sudden boom but but you, you lie about you, it is a lie so you lie to kids about different things and then all of a sudden you get to the point where you're like okay there's a god and you're trying to explain to them there's there's a god that made this universe blah, blah, blah. and you can't explain to kids you know science and historical facts they don't care about how many books and the kisses see within the books and everything like that they don't care about those facts they're just like well you lied to me about this you lied to me about that now why would i believe you about god Right, yeah. you know, and I th- I, that's one of the things we wanted to protect our kids from because I I don't want to lie to my kids about anything. Well, you know, there's something else I think that I was getting at too that kind of you, you played into it for me, which is kind of cool. Um, that you actually kind of helped with your kids too by doing that, and I think that's where the commercialization of Christmas has kind of hurt people and families and, and kids specifically is, um, if they're not able to have as good a Christmas as other people because it is based so much on gifts and not about just the spirit of Christmas and being with family. And like, if you put more value on what you get for Christmas, um, that could really hurt your self esteem as far as like where you are. Or you could think that like, Oh wow. You know, especially if you believe in Santa and you don't get any good gifts, you're like, man, Santa hates me. Like I'm a piece of crap. Like what am I? Right. Like you could really do something mentally to, to kids that young. It's like, um, I talk about all the time. Like I'm a huge Eminem fan, right? Like Mm -hmm. he, he talks about how his mom, him and his uh his 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 brother basically used to find his mom wrapping stuff up from the house and then using the stuff from the house and putting it under the christmas tree like it was years before they realized this but like think about what that does to somebody when you realize like you're being given gifts that are already in your house and then you go to school and you hear about all these other gifts that kids get like you it just puts you down so let me let me let me speak this for a little bit i'm going to give you some stats real quick that'll blow your mind so from 2006 2022 the average american uh, it spent about um, uh, $932, uh, $932 on Christmas gifts for the family. Okay, On average? On average, okay. Seems kind of low. Um, and then, yeah, so I would say the same, same thing. So, and then uh, in 2021, reached the highest since 2019, where the average was $942, you know, per household. If the, if the household is two parents and, and uh, two, kids. two kids, okay, so you're talking – Probably over three hundred dollars per kid, you know, if you would. Okay. So let me just let me just state this for a fact. We in our family, ever since our kids were young, we have never, ever uh, spent anywhere near that on our kids at all. Believe it or not. Yeah. See, and that our, seems low to me. Right. So our kids. I mean, one pair of shoes, two hundred dollars. Our kids, if they got over a hundred. <laughs> PlayStation Five. Yeah. If my if my kids got over a hundred dollars. And gifts for Christmas, it would be a miracle. Now, keep this in mind. This is this is somebody who makes decent money, okay? And uh, I have lived at the same level that I'm living at for the last 10 years, okay? And I make more than I did living at level, so I put more away than I ever have, okay? But the fact of the matter is I still live at, at this level, if you would. So we've never, ever made it as a, a gift thing. So when my kids come to Christmas, they're not looking for these big gifts or anything like that. We want them to look for Jesus in the season, not necessarily a gift. Yeah. So we really, we really tried to be pretty pronounced with that. We really, we really were, and we do little 
we, do, we read the Christmas story before we open gifts and everything like that. We usually have breakfast before we have, open gifts. Now they're older. I mean, when they're younger, it was like, hey, let's read the Christmas story. Let's remember the, you know, the, the, I know people make you know, birthday cakes for Jesus, which is kind of fun. I never did that before. Um, but I think it's really, really interesting because our kids with, the, so when they go to school in Scottsdale, okay, we're kids driving, driving in brand new cars. You know, they got Christmas Day, if you would. So brand got new, that new brand Beamer. New right. It's one of the popular cars now for Scottsdale Kid to drive. That's crazy. Yeah, BMWs, Tacomas, everything. Brand new, by the way. Brand new. Uh, driving in um, until recently. Now it's all brand new used. Uh, and it's really interesting because my kids felt that pressure, like you're talking about. Felt that pressure immensely being in a Scottsdale school system. You know, because we live on the edge of Scottsdale and in... Uh, in um, in Phoenix. And so it was really interesting because they were like, you know, my, my, my parents don't give me, you know, all these kind of things. And so my, my son sat down with me one time and he asked me that question. He says, dad, could you afford, you know, better gifts? I'm like a hundred percent. I could afford better gifts. hundred percent. And, and, and check this out. I have a theory. I want to spoil my kids and I do spoil them year round with different things that we do for them and everything. We really do. And they, and they are spoiled as long as they don't act it. Right. As long as they don't, they don't, they don't forget where they come from. As long as they don't forget who they are, they bear my name and everything else like that. I don't want to raise, raise spoiled brats. I want to raise, and I, I literally, I saw this the other day. I want to tell you about this. I've, I've just saved it for this. I think. Thank you, God, for letting me remember this. I went to a. I went to a. This is how. This is what happens. Okay. This is what happens. It was just like probably last week. My daughter is a uh, an actress in um, uh, in school plays. She's in drama and everything like that. She's very good, by the way. She's very good. And obviously, I would say that because I'm her dad, but she's, you know, the that the teacher's like Maddie's a standout. She's a real she's a real standout, and she's really dramatic anyway, so it fits. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I went there, and I was on my crutches and everything like that, and uh, and I, I was trying to find my way into the, the building, and there's a there's a, a a brand new like Mustang, and this kid opens the door, and it's mom and him, and he, he's yelling at his mom. I told you not to pick me up, you know, until this time and the mom's yelling back at the kid and he and i mean the way the the kid's yelling at the mom i mean i wanted to punch him in his face i mean it was unbelievable the way this he's a freshman i mean because he said he was a freshman he ran, ran, and he couldn't have been more than you know 14 15 it's just yelling he's like i told you not to pick me up right now i'm not going with you and then the mom finally was like fine and he's yelling to his mom f you f you bitch. that was crazy and slams the door and the mom just takes off in this in this uh really nice car and i'm like i'm all appalled for the mom for the kid like what what happens i mean and it just it just i'm not saying every kid in scottsdale is like that but i'm sure there's a few you know have been spoiled rotten and, and the point where they don't really appreciate you know what their parents have given them year round because they save it up for a date and then just dump it all on their kids on that date you right. know they revert back to just wait for christmas wait for christmas and you know we try to do that all year round with our kids you know not just on birthdays and what have you Right, but we 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 most of the time do birthdays. We do a special meal, you know, whatever the, whatever the kid wants to eat, and then a small gift, you know. So, and it's not because I can't give good gifts, and I, I gave all my kid cars and everything else like that. And it's not like I I couldn't do that. I don't want to do that, and I don't want my kids to look forward to that day for that reason. I want them to look forward to that day because of Jesus and because they get to be together with family, and it it, it it'd be a great memory of the things that we did. And this year. My son is coming with his girlfriend, you know, to uh, and my, my, my daughter will be there with her husband to Christmas dinner and for Christmas morning and everything like that. It'll be a, a beautiful time. I can't wait for it. I really can't. And 
I'm very, very, very excited about that. But I'm glad that my kids, while I try to spoil them year-round, they don't act spoiled. That I've never, I, I would be, I would be undone for my son to talk like that to me in public. Right. I would just be undone. I would be like, where did I go wrong? You know, as, yeah. as, a, as a parent that that happened and where does my son not respect me and you know, things like that. So, and my son would never do that. He would we'd wait till we get home and we'd have, it out, have it out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which, in which private. Were, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, which I just felt so bad for the mom. I felt worse for the kid. You know, I'm like, Oh man, it's, I hope he grows up at some point and literally does hear, you know, like, this world is not about you. This this world is not about you. It just it just isn't. And your parents are doing the best they can, and they love you. It's why your mom's coming to pick you up, you know, and things like that. So, yeah. But the commercialization of Christmas is a big, a big issue. And I mean, I, you're right. I think you're 100 percent right. It was, and, and you can go back and go through stats. I'm sure that the the most I think the most we ever spent on Christmas for our kids maybe a slight over a hundred dollars. That's because I got a ridiculous bonus one year. Um, but we put a lot away. You know, for uh, for our kids, my my kids have inheritances and everything like that for their grandparents um, that'll come to them one day. But I think that that's a that's a huge thing. We don't want them to grow up spoiled, so that you know when they when they go on their own, they recognize that they're they're grateful, you know, right. for what they have, and they're they're grateful for the time they had with their parents and everything like that. And so, my my daughter at twenty two bought her first house, right? You know, and and she she did that. She that's worked great. hard and everything else. I didn't have my first house at twenty seven, yeah. you know, in, in that regard. So I mean, it was pretty. Pretty interesting. You question know, you question know. is, do you think your kids will carry that tradition on in their situations going forward, not knowing who they're going to marry and everything else? But mm. Savvy might. Yeah, I think Savannah will. Um, my son, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if my son will. I don't, I, and my youngest daughter, maybe. Um, so I, I, I don't know, uh, you know, particularly with my son, what, what traditions will carry. I mean, he's a, he's a Christmas guy, you know, obviously, but um, I don't know what, what – Ultimately, he'll do. He'll probably be the next one married. He's he's know? becoming a man right now. He's yeah. figuring that out. You know. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's part of part of what's going on. Um, and I think part of being your own person too is making your own traditions. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You might do something, yeah. a variation of it, or yeah. whatever. You know, you never know. Yeah, so. and traditions change. Like when, when my, our kids were younger and we were younger, we used to go hiking every Thanksgiving and every Christmas morning. We used to go hiking as well. Uh, we don't hike anymore. Our kids got grown up and they're like, I want to go to my friend's house and I want to do this and put my toys or what yep. have you. And so I, I get that. I understand. It. And it's a, it's a, it's a hard transition as a, as a parent because they're getting older. They don't know you. They, they don't need you as much. And right. It, and it's a hard thing to, to accept, you know, as a parent, like my kids don't need me as much. And that's why I raised them. Yeah. So they wouldn't they'd be independent, but I we're struggling with that right now. My, yeah. my oldest moved out and she's not in contact as my wife would like. Yeah. But I was, I told her, I was like, I'm, she's the same as me. When I left the house, I was doing my own thing. I had my own friends. I sure I call my parents every once in a while, but I wasn't talking to them every day or anything. I wasn't right. talking to them every week. It was right. like you made the time to see them at Thanksgiving and Christmas. You called them a couple times a year, called sure. them on their birthday, that sure. type of thing. But I had my own thing. And I was yeah. like, she has her own thing. She's got friends. She's got her boyfriend that she lives with. She's got all these things going on. You can't expect her to be at your beck and call. Um, I, it's I, nice I, when they do make the attempt, you know. Right, right. But I, yeah. I, I bet that they're. Um, I bet it's harder for women than it is men. You know, I, I don't talk to Savannah every day. I, I really don't. I talk to her probably once a week. You know, she calls Jamie on Saturdays and and talks to her. And I come in. I'm like, hey, Savvy. Um, so, but I, but I, but I love my kids, and I love having them. Like, I, I don't go to sleep till all my kids are in the house. Right. You know, even they they stay out there for quite some time prior to. 
you know, they, they have late night jobs or they're, they're working till 1030 or what have you. And right. or they're at their boyfriend's or girlfriend's house. And, you know, so then they, they come home later, like 1130, you know, and, and then I can sleep. Mm-hmm. I can't sleep before that, you know, to be quite honest, you know, and if I do, it's because I took a bunch of melatonin, you know, <laughs> right. like that, you know. Yeah, when I'm home, we have our little traditions. Like, we all brush teeth together, together at, at night before we go to bed. Like, that's just oh, one of yeah? the things we do Yeah, when I'm there. And my daughter, like, expects it. She's like, you're home. Let's go. I'm like, all right. Let's all go brush that's teeth cool, together. That's cool, dude. You know? That's a really cool tradition. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. So That's just our way of, you know, last little moment together before we all go to sleep. And Yeah. My kids, we watch. So what are your, some of your favorites? Chris, do you like Christmas movies? Oh, I love Christmas movies. Yeah. 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 So, I love Christmas movies. So my favorite ones, so we, we always watch Elf. Yep. Yeah, with Will Ferrell. You Elf, know. Elf um, is great. I'm um, in the store and I'm singing. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 really interesting. Um, we have we have that one, A Christmas Story. Love Christmas Story is another one. Um, the sequel wasn't yeah. bad if you haven't seen it yet. I, I haven't uh, the one that's on Netflix. The one that's are, on are, Netflix are, is actually worth a watch. Worth yeah? a watch. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. Um, I, I think that you know we're talking about Christmas movies, JB. Uh, what are some of your favorite Christmas movies? So we like Scrooged. We watch Scrooged uh, every year. Yeah, absolutely. We watch Muppet Christmas Carol. That's oh, one of the best. Yes, dude. We watch uh, White Christmas. Love White Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's my sister's favorite. Yeah. Used to be every year with um, It's a Wonderful Life, but now it's about every other year. Yeah. Uh, that one's kind of gotten pushed back a little bit for whatever reason. Uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh is yeah. Another one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I got. I got to ask you a question real quick. Sure. You, this is a very theological, deep question. All right. I need your absolute answer on this. I don't want eh. I don't want nothing. I want absolute on this. Okay. Okay. All this right. this all eternity rides on this question. Let's go. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I think it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Absolutely, it's a Christmas movie. Jeez. And we watch that every year. Yes, of it's, course you do. You have to. It's kind of funny because like, I think uh, Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie too. If you want to, oh, okay. You want to watch Poetica? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so says, like nothing says Christmas like Hans Gruber di- falling right, from Nakatomi yeah. Tower. So it, it's kind <laughs> of you seen that advent calendar they have now. No, no. They have an advent, advent calendar. calendar with Nakatomi Plaza, and he's at the top, and you move him down. Every oh, that's great. That's amazing. So uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Alan Rickman is who played. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, played Hans Gruber. Yeah. Uh, he's also uh, Professor Snape in the Harry Potter. The movies. Harry Potter. Yep. Yep. And those movies are kind of. There's a yeah, holiday the movie stigma. Yeah, because yeah. it's very holiday-ish for the right. first one. Um, yeah, it's it's weird, but he's no Alan Rickman's in both of them. Alan Rickman, which, which is great. Alan so Rickman he's like Christmas, yeah. he's like the not a Christmas Christmas dude. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean that that's. that's I was a, always waiting for the sequel to Quigley Down Under with Quigley Down. Oh Quigley yeah, goes Christmas. Quigley Down Under. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and have him come back as Roy. The bad guy. Yeah, Roy. Yeah, I I think I think the Christmas. Elf, movies. dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my mom, a, my yeah. wife loves Elf. Elf's oh, a yearly watch. The Santa Claus, Tim oh, yeah, Allen. Santa I love Claus. those. That's every once in a while. Every At once in a while, we do first Jingle two. All the Way. My yeah. daughter's feeling oh, it Jingle sometimes. Jingle All the Way. Donna, yeah. Donna Blitz and Cupid Donna. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Give me the ball, little boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sinbad was put, in that, wasn't he? Put that yep. cookie Sinbad. down now. <laughs> yeah. I put remember the all Put the cookie down. There's somebody in my house eating my birthday cake. Absolutely. I love all this okra. Yeah, so White Christmas is one. <laughs> you know the it's uh, turbo time. What's the other one? Um, he, he said, uh, it, "Oh, uh, it's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful life." It's a miracle on Thirty Fourth. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A good the original. Yeah, yeah, that's the original. Um, there's a there's a there's a one called Scrooge that was um, the, the Albert first, Albert Finney one. The Albert Finney one. Yes, yeah. that one. I think they're redoing that. Are they as a musical? Mm. I, I think I saw him. Scrooge was going to be like a musical or something with uh, Scrooge was it was maybe such, Gene Hackman maybe it was or it not was, Gene Hackman back uh, in the day it was scary 
Yeah, like, I remember watching it. Yeah, Scrooge. Yeah, the original Albert Finney. It was scary. You know, uh, that whole, uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. This is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. It's like right. a musical and everything like that. I just, I'll never forget, like, seeing that, seeing the, like, death and seeing the ghost. And I was like, I hope that never really comes true because it's freaking me out at this point, you know? So, right. Um, well, we want to know from you guys, what are some of your favorite Christmas traditions? So drop us a line at, on email at cut light and smoke podcast, cut light smoke podcast at gmail.com. And we will catch you there. And for the podcast, cut light and smoke, I have been Bradley. This has been JB and Brandon Luna from McAuliffe. Later guys. Take it easy. Merry Christmas.